Welcome to episode 21 of Professional Balance, a bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. Today we will discuss imposter syndrome. Everyone has had a moment or two or three of imposter syndrome when you internally doubt yourself. When someone is having success, is put in charge, or is given a leadership role, but feels like they have not earned it or not capable of meeting expectations, this is imposter syndrome. It's self-inflicted. It's not necessarily where the world says you're not ready or you're not good enough, but you're doing it to yourself. Everyone has experienced this, myself included. In fact, I've had a very recent imposter syndrome event that prompted me to talk with you about it today. This long-form, audio-only podcast is posted on the last Monday of each month as an opportunity to dive deep into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seems to be contradictory viewpoints in business and personal life. More than just work-life balance, we examine a variety of this or that scenarios. Let's get started. So how do we balance a lack of confidence, often described as imposter syndrome, versus overconfidence? often assumed to be hubris or arrogance. Let's talk about that. To begin with, you have to gain confidence from having experience. But you need confidence to say yes in order to gain that experience. Think about that quickly and try to balance these ideas. You have to be able to do something for the first time. The first time you do something, you're an amateur, you have no experience, you probably will not be good at it. But you can't gain that experience until you do it the first time and the second time and the third time. You might get good by the fifth time. You might get good by the 500th time. Depends on what it is and who you are. But you have to say yes or have enough confidence in yourself that even though you don't have the direct experience, you can bring other experiences, skills, aptitude, expertise, etc. to this task in order to complete it at least to an acceptable level and then learn through the process. So you need to be able to say yes to opportunities in order to gain the experience to be good at the opportunity, to be great at it, and to finally have mastery of what it is that we're talking about. But that can represent itself as imposter syndrome, as you are being an imposter for something you're asked to do. Now, typically, imposter syndrome isn't a one-time action. Can you go and do this thing in this moment? But can you take on a challenge? Can you take on a project? Can you manage something from point A to point Z? This is where, because of the possibilities, because of the variances, the variables, all the things that can go right and all the things that go wrong, that imposter syndrome creeps in. Probably you're capable of of doing a certain percentage of the activity, but not 100% of the activity. And so you begin to doubt yourself. You begin to feel like an imposter. Even if you actually have a majority of the skills and experience necessary, and you can add to that with other experiences or other aspects of the project management, of the ability to take on the task that can get you to the finish line, can get you to the desired outcome. And sometimes you don't meet expectations, but you meet different expectations, unexpected outcomes. Sometimes work better, sometimes don't. So you have to be able to. At some point, say yes in order to gain experience, but you can't say yes to everything and you can't say yes to something that is completely, totally, and 100% way, way, way far away from actual experience you have. So can you 
work with your little league football team to learn how to throw a spiral with a football is something you could do, but it doesn't mean then you can coach an NFL quarterback because the gap is too much. But you can go from a little league team to a junior high team to a high school team to a college team, then eventually to coaching NFL quarterbacks if you were to progress through all of that, those levels of success. So it has to be something that's adjacent. It has to be something that's realistic and in the expectation that you can meet that you can step up to the challenge with some ability to add to or get out of your comfort zone or do something different, but not so much that there's no possible way that you can be successful. That is a difference between imposter syndrome and reality. The reality of can you do this when you have need 100 years of experience and you have one year experience? No, I cannot do that. But can you do this? I have some of that experience. I have some of that knowledge. I have some of those crossover skills. And I think I can make a good enough attempt at it that even if it doesn't turn out perfectly, it will be acceptable. That is something you should say yes to. And that's often the spot where people catch themselves feeling like imposters. But you need to embrace the opportunity for responsibility so that you can prove yourself worthy and receive more responsibility. The second half of that, something you need to balance that out is, though when someone asks you to do something that you are completely incapable of doing, you need to let them know that, not that because you're an imposter, but because part of them being successful, part of you being aiding in their success is communicating when you're not capable of doing something. When someone's asked you to do something that's not out of your comfort zone, but way far away from your capability to do so. If you tell them yes, you become an imposter and ultimately you set yourself up for failure and them up for failure. If you tell them no, or maybe, or, or the help you would need, or another reason why it can't be exactly how it's being asked, that communication, that participation, that teamwork is responsibility. You've been responsible. So even if you don't get to accomplish the task, ask, or manage the project that's been asked of you, you get to set it on the right track and people will respect you for that. But again, you can't gain confidence unless you have experience. You can't gain experience unless you have confidence to say yes to taking on challenges. You need to embrace those opportunities when responsibility is put upon you so that you can prove yourself worthy of even more responsibility. Why? Because that is the path to success. Proving yourself worthy and receiving more and more responsibility gives you higher levels of potential for success. When you reach that potential, you become more and more successful. So work your way up with experience, with proof of your ability to handle the responsibility. You do that by tapping into what experience you have, whether it's a little or a lot. You look for examples, best practices, or people who can mentor you in the process. Start with the obvious, the the simple things, the problems that can be fixed easily, often referred to the jargon of low-hanging fruit or something that you can achieve get some early successes, some early wins, create some momentum for you and the project and the overall success that everyone is trying to work towards, and then refine through the situation the the different levels that need to be achieved, the different tasks need to be accomplished, the different tactics that need to be engaged, the different things that can be measured and equated to success. Ask questions, ask for clarification, communicate, It's not simply about achieving a task, managing a project, reaching a goal, 
but in how you do it. How effective and efficient are you? Are you open to working with other people? Are you a team player? Are you looking for the success of the project, of the organization, of the business as a whole, or simply looking out for your success and trying to make you look best light possible, which is fine to do to present yourself in a positive light, but not taking credit for other people's work or saying you can achieve something when you know you cannot. You have to ask questions. You have to communicate. You have to ask for clarification. Again, the clarification and the communication is the key. It proves you trustworthy and responsible. It's not about simply achieving the task, getting from A to Z, but how you do it, who you bring along with you, how effective and efficient you are, and if you're not capable of completely 100% reaching the goal, communicating that so that someone else can support you, can take on responsibility, or manage the process so that it does reach the goal for the good of all. You'll be respected for that, and you will achieve your personal goal of that as well. So when you communicate, you have to communicate both positives and negatives. Let people know the progress, the things that are going well. But obviously, at the same time and with balance, communicate negatives, things that working aren't working as well as expected, things that aren't being accomplished so that you can ask for help, ask for support, bring other people into the process, and again, not being an imposter by claiming everything is perfect. It never is everything perfect. So you have to be realistic that there is good, there's positive, and then there's negative or unexpected outcomes or frustrations or other things as well. Communicate the positive and the negative. But balance failures in small doses that can be corrected along the way while also communicating things that you are not going to be able to connect with, to create opportunities for, to correct so that someone else in the process, so that other support can be brought in, so that maybe they're eliminated altogether because they're unnecessary. Whatever the things you can't accomplish, you need to communicate those things. So balance failure in small doses, the unexpected outcomes with something you can correct along the way in the process, but not waiting till it's too late to communicate things you're not able to fix. Balance how much you want to take on, be responsible for, and attempt to correct along with how much of the project that is not going as expected or has negative outcomes needs help, needs extra experience, needs something that you can't provide for it. This is where your ego and assumptions can trick you, trip you up. Ego and assumptions will trip you up. Your ego will tell you that if you ask for help, that it will be a setback to you. Typically, asking for help is seen as something brave and beneficial for the team. It's a good thing. When you ask for help, people find it to be a good thing, unless you always ask for help and you never accomplish something yourself. So rarely, when you need to ask for help and you do, it will be seen as a positive. Do not let your ego stand in the way of that. Also, assumptions. Things you don't know things you don't have experience with that you make assumptions about how they can be accomplished can also trip you up in whether you're successful or not. Do not let those assumptions become facts in your mind. If they become facts in your mind, you will not course correct. You will not make the changes necessary to be actually successful, but instead will be simply successful in your mind. Don't let your ego and don't let assumptions trip you up. You can't fake it until you make it. 
There's a high possibility of failure when you fake it till you make it. When you know there's something you can't do, but you take on that responsibility when you actually become an imposter, not just imposter syndrome, but an imposter by faking it till you make it. Do not do that. Say yes to opportunities, but explain, communicate, be open through the process as to your role, what you'll be providing, and what other support, what other actions need to happen around you. If you're communicating, if you're part of the team, what happens will be successful. If you're selfish, if you're ego-driven, if you're faking it till you make it, if you are in fact an imposter, the likelihood of failure is very high. So I don't recommend fake it till you make it. I do recommend that you take responsibilities, that you take extra responsibilities, that you try to expand yourself, that you move yourself out of your comfort zone, that you do more every opportunity you get. You accept additional responsibility, etc., but not so far that you know what you're accepting is something you can't accomplish. That is fake it till you make it. So balance the extra roles, the extra responsibilities, the new things that you will actively try to achieve with something that is so far outside of your bounds that you're being an imposter or faking it till you make it. You don't typically fake it and then make it. This is my expertise that typically people who know what they're saying is out of bounds will fake it until they make it, hoping that it works out. Hope is not a strategy. It's a very poor approach, especially in business or something where you're trying to achieve success. So don't rely on hope by faking it till you make it. I can tell you some of my very, very early career opportunities came from fake it till you make it. I faked it. I said I had skill sets. I had experience that I did not have. But because I'm talking about something early in my career, they were very small things. They It wasn't going from the, the Little League team to the NFL team. It was... Have you do had this experience with the Little League team? And I hadn't, but I thought I could figure it out because it was a Little League level of expertise necessary. And often those were successful. As you get further up the responsibility, as you get further up into the levels of success, when you get to those higher levels where the ask is higher, the likelihood of being able to achieve it through fake it till you make it goes way, way, way down. So trust me on that. Sometimes the step up is just too much. The person assigning the responsibility has thoughts of your capabilities and will respect your honesty and humility, but expect you to also play your part. So if you're asked to do something that is beyond you and you communicate that to the person asking you to do so, they have an idea of what they think you can accomplish. There should be a conversation back and forth about if they think that you can do it or not. Again, your openness and honesty about the good of the team, of the company, of the project success versus your own will be seen as a sign of respect, but you will be expected to play the role necessary. And if you are told by your boss, by your superior, by the person assigning you something, I know you don't think you can, but I think you you can, and I am absolutely requiring you to do this, give 100%, communicate, play your role, And then if it doesn't go as you expect it to, if you can't meet the goals necessary, it's essentially on the person that's assigned you and not necessarily you because you were open, honest, didn't let your ego or assumptions trip you up along the way. So meet them in the middle. The person who assigned you this responsibility, at least try to meet them in the middle. Take on as much of the project, as much of the responsibility as you can, 
and then communicate the pieces that you don't feel confident in. If they give you feedback, if they give you information, if they tell you how to gain the skills necessary to do so, then do that. Meet them in the middle in that process. They're bringing you up. They're expanding you. They are creating potential for you to be successful. Take that. But again, be realistic. Set realistic expectations and ask for help early, not late. Communicate your shortcomings. Communicate the things you don't feel confident in early, never late. If you do it early, people can help you and they will respect you in the process. If you do it late, you doom the project, you doom the team, you create a lack of opportunity to actually fix what's happening. and You'll be seen as very negative. So ask for help early, never late. Handling responsibility is a pathway to success, but not the only pathway to success. If something is bigger than you, if you have to fake it till you make it, if you have to be an imposter in order to even attempt to achieve what's being asked of you, you're not being given a path to success. You're being given a path to failure. This is why communication and setting up upfront expectations is so important. Just because you are giving this opportunity does not mean this is the only opportunity in your life. If you say no to the opportunity because you're not capable, because you would be an imposter to do so, if you had to fake it to make it in order to even attempt it, that's not the possibility for you that you should be following. It's not the only road to success. It's not the only way to get to where you're going. If you need to say no to something because it would make you an imposter, then say no to it and communicate why. Then play your part as a member of the team or supporting someone else if and when they take on the responsibility. If you can do all those things, no matter the outcome, you will be successful in that process. Do not get hung up on the fact that if you say no to one simple request, one complex request, anytime someone asks you to do something, if you're not capable, if you know you will not achieve at a high level, saying no is the smart thing. Communicating why is also smart. And ultimately, you'll be freed up. You'll be allowed to look for and attach yourself to things that you can be successful at. So don't let a single time where you had to say no or miss an opportunity, skip an opportunity, let someone else take the opportunity, does not mean you will not have another chance to achieve something for yourself. Another chance will come along and you will probably be in a better position to do so when it does. Putting the overall success, again, of the team, of the company, of the project, etc., over your personal ambitions can very much be seen as strength, not a weakness. Depends on the why and how you decide you can or cannot do this. This, again, is an internal balance for you. When you know that it's outside your comfort zone, but you're willing to attempt it because you have enough capabilities to get started, that's a good thing and something that seems positive, even if the outcome isn't as expected. On the other hand, the balance here is if you know you can't possibly achieve what's being asked of you, but you say it anyways because you intend to fake it till you make it, Maybe you're going to take credit for other people's work. Maybe you're going to to try to blame others or leave out the responsibility of what you were responsible for. That is something that's going to end badly for you. I've probably been overconfident and willing to take on leadership roles and responsibilities before I was ready in my professional relationship. I kind of alluded to earlier, some of my early successes were fake it till you make it. So I typically don't have imposter syndrome in the conversation that we've been talking about the first 20 minutes of the podcast here about feeling like you're not capable. I typically have imposter syndrome in a different way, which is gaining leadership or being put in charge of something 
and then feeling like I was ready for it before it was even given to me. So often when I am presenting myself suit and tie buttoned up CEO Kyle Golding is a completely different approach than man on the streets, casual conversation, maybe having a beer or a cup of coffee, Kyle Golding. And the dress up, the use speaking formally, the formal presentation, the CEO to CEO conversations, although I'm capable of doing them, I do them on a regular basis and I feel very comfortable within the situation, the lead up to and the need to go to those details and extents of my extra effort outside of the actual work being asked of me often feels like imposter syndrome to me. So you can actually have too much confidence, put yourself out there and be seen as an imposter, someone who asks for responsibility they're not responsible for or not ready for, asking for responsibility you're not ready for. But also at the same time, you can be seen as an imposter in that you do things only to gain opportunities that you really don't embrace or relish. These are two of the different ways that you can be an imposter with an imposter syndrome. And then finally, if you're someone, the exact opposite of imposter syndrome, who says no to everything, who never takes on responsibility, who never gets themselves out of their comfort zone, who never asks for more or is willing to do more, is probably someone who's never going to achieve any other levels of success, never gain anything, and move themselves to higher levels of opportunities, which then creates higher levels of success for themselves. So that's a person who's going to be stuck, stagnant, or possibly even moving backwards in the professional world. So if you have to balance between being a little bit of an imposter, saying yes to something that you don't 100% have the capability of doing, but you can gain the necessary elements along the way, or communicate when things don't work out as well, that is how you achieve success. That's how you move yourself up through earning, gaining responsibility by proving yourself worthy, not just simply because you will hit 100% of the mark, because you hit as much of the mark as you could, and then you communicated, you asked for help, you brought in what was necessary for the team, for the project, for the company to achieve 100% of the goal that they were setting for themselves. That is also seen as as responsible for the overall success, part of the team, and someone who can gain more responsibilities in the future, those responsibilities create new opportunities, and those opportunities create new levels of success. You can continually build yourself a success cycle that way. So you can be a little bit of an imposter. You can say yes to things you're not 100% capable of, but you can't say the thing, yes to things you're 10% or 2% capable of. That is actually being an imposter. Like I told you earlier, I have I typically have overconfidence. I typically feel very confident in the situation, whether I feel like I'm being imposter or feeling I'm being 100% authentic. Either way, I have confidence in myself, probably too much confidence, probably overconfidence, but I compensate that for tremendous amount of experience, skill set, et cetera, because I have been working professionally for over 35 years in a variety of situations, very capable of doing most things that I say I'm capable of doing, even if I don't have that exact experience. I recently had an experience that did kind of put me in my place and humble me to a point that even though I feel confident in the subject matter, I feel confident in the situation, I feel confident in the presentation style, I caught myself in a spot I was unprepared for in a three-hour presentation. The topic was strategy and strategic planning, something I know very well, I have a great deal of passion for. I knew it was a three-hour presentation. I developed a three-hour presentation 
but I missed the mark. On the audience, I didn't dial the presentation into the audience as well as I should have. It started slow, too much background, too much theory, not enough at the level of the audience. They got bored. I lost their interest. And then instead of stopping and actually asking them what it is they wanted to hear, I had some arrogance and myself and my capability of talking my way through the system. So I took a simple mistake and I made it worse for myself. I often think of myself as the smartest person in the room, which a lot of people will tell you not to do. In this case, I was not the smartest person in the room, but I was giving a presentation as if I was the smartest person in the room. And you can see how that would not work out. But if you want to raise yourself up, you can't always be, you can't mostly be, you can't but occasionally be the smartest person in the room. You, if that's the case, you're in the room of unqualified. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. It feels good. There's a lot of confidence and a lot of ego that comes with wanting to be the smartest person in the room, but not much success or challenges that take you to new heights, new levels, new opportunities, new levels of success, unless you get in a room with people much smarter than you because they can create opportunities for you once you bring something of value to the conversation. There's an old saying, you can't soar with eagles when you're stuck with turkeys. And I found that too many of my presentations like this, I was the smartest person in the room. and It was very easy to command the room. In this particular situation that happened very recently, I was not close to being the smartest person in the room. I did not have the most experience. I did not have the most success in the room. And so I couldn't make fake it until you make it through the conversation, through the presentation. And I felt halfway through as an imposter, which doesn't happen to me very often. It is very rare. So instead, I'm embracing this failure, this completely unexpected outcome, this negative event I am embracing as a valuable lesson. Number one, to knock that ego down. Number two, to try to get more often into rooms where I'm not the smartest person in the room to be more confident and comfortable being a junior member of a conversation instead of a senior member of a conversation to to learn these valuable lessons. Don't talk too much. Don't think too much. Don't overemphasize yourself and do push yourself, challenge yourself, and get yourself out of comfort zones. I have forgot those lessons, so I wanted to bring them up to you today. I'm saying these things to myself as much as I'm saying them to you as well. So how do we find the balance in all this? How do we find a balance between being an imposter and having imposter syndrome or not challenging ourselves, staying in our comfort zone and staying stagnant or failing? We'll start internally, mostly in your own head. Think about what is being assigned to you and how it can be accomplished and how this level of responsibility connects to your current expectations. Focus on the process of what's being what it means to be successful in achieving the proper outcomes. Don't look at what the end goal is. Look at what is necessary to get there. Once you do that, you can break that down into concepts, elements, tactics, strategies, etc., that you will feel more manageable to you as opposed to the overall goal of having to hit a big, hairy, audacious goal. How would you do it? How would you find someone else with more experience to help you What are the steps, the actions, the tactics, the strategy necessary? Do you understand it or do you need to have help with that? Can you accomplish all the needed activity or most or some or none? Now it's the conversation. Do you balance? If it goes to 
less than 50% and less than 20%, 10%, if you have 1% of the capabilities to accomplish this, you're absolutely being an a imposter and you need to communicate that to the person assigning you the responsibility. Break big problems into smaller problems. Smaller problems are easier to manage than bigger problems. Break big problems into multiple small problems, sub-issues, so that you can begin managing them, so that you can begin correcting the small things that add up to correcting the big things. Break those big problems into small issues. Figure out what you need to do, what talents, answers, access to information, etc., that you have and you don't have. For what you don't have, how can you fill in these holes? Who can you talk to? How can you gain the access? How can you gain the necessary items that you don't have in place in order to be successful? Communicate, then act. Think about the team. Put the team, the project, the business over your personal ego and personal achievement, and then start achieving as much as you can, some of it or all of it. You won't know how much you won't be able to do until you start figuring out how much you can do. You won't know that until you just start doing it. Act and achieve. Learn, grow, and move forward more than where you were before. Use this as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to develop, to reach new heights, to be offered new responsibilities, which will create opportunities for you to be successful in the future. Don't forget the lessons learned. Learn from what's working. Learn from what's not working. Learn from things you've done previously and from what other people are doing, best cases, best practices, examples, etc. So learn, grow, move forward from where you are. Don't forget the lessons that you learn along the way, positive and negative. Take it one step at a time. If you only focus on the goal, it's a big goal. It's something that you have to achieve that is very far away from where you start. Don't look at the end. Look at where you're starting. Look at the smallest piece you can correct. Look at step two, step three, step four. Before you look at step 58, 59, before you look at step 98, 99, and 100. Don't get ahead of yourself, but do believe in yourself. Do believe in your ability to manage this process as much as achieve the overall goal. Again, believe in your ability to manage the process as much as achieve the overall goal. If you can manage the process, if you can break it down into smaller segments, if you can make it snackable, then it's achievable. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Keep your perspective but look to the future. Understand how achieving this project in front of you, the thing that the goal, the thing that you need to do in order to get to your next level, when you keep perspective that that small task will lead you to greater task and that greater task, greater levels of success, greater futures come from managing small pieces along the way, communicating, be a team player, Take out as much responsibility as you can. Get outside of your comfort zone, but but also don't be an imposter. Don't fake it till you make it. Think about the team. Think about the overall success and think about how you can play your role. That's how you balance imposter syndrome. Thanks for listening to the Professional Balance bonus content series of the Saturday One Hustle podcast. I'll be back next month with a new topic and a new podcast every Saturday with hustle and motivation advice from the office while the competition is still sleeping. Please subscribe, leave a review, and make a comment on social media about what balance issues you would like to hear discussed on this series. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday.